Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Talk Busy with Lizzie podcast. I'm your host, Lizzie, and I have a very special episode today that I've been excited about for over a month now. Um, we've been trying to get this episode out, and things just keep coming up. So we're finally finally recorded it um, a little while ago, finally releasing it now. Um, I accidentally released it yesterday when, in reality, I hadn't uh, recorded an intro or an outro, so that was a lot of fun. But, uh, yeah, finally doing that. So... <laughs> this is an interview with uh girl with tori she has a whole instagram page dedicated to eating disorder recovery i found her page a little while ago after she liked one of my posts and i absolutely fell in love with her page and what she does and i knew instantly i wanted to have her on so we finally got her on she is an amazing person inside and out um you know, you never know what to expect when you see someone online because you don't know if that's truly who they are or not. But let me tell you, it is definitely who she truly is, and it's amazing. So, without further ado, let's get into the interview. Um, your encouragement and, like, everything, it's just, like, it's a breath of fresh air to see pages like that. Oh, uh, you're literally going to make me tear up. Like, whenever someone says something like this, I'm like, I just never imagined that, like, God would use me in this way and, like, help good come out of something so bad um and so it really like makes me smile whenever someone says something like that so thank you so much like that means a ton yeah of course I am so excited oh my goodness okay (laughs) okay um so my first question is how old were you when you first noticed signs of an eating disorder oh I so right now I'm 25 which like I don't look 25 everyone tells you that but Um, I first started noticing signs my second year of college, so I was, like, 19, um, and I think some of the signs that I just noticed was I just quit my sport, and I was very hyper-aware of my body, um, I noticed I was on social media more, like, comparing my body to other people, like, trying to find ways to kind of shrink my body, whether that was skipping meals, drinking more water, like, being really obsessed with healthy eating. Um, and a lot of the dialogue in college was like, these were normalized things. You know what I mean? That's one of my mm-hmm. biggest issues with just eating and, and college in general is that I feel like there's so much fear built in of like gaining weight in college. Like women's bodies are still developing in college. And a lot of the things like skipping meals or drinking coffee as a meal or over exercising are so normalized. And so it took me forever to even realize that like something was up because Mm. everyone around me was doing similar things, but not in as unhealthy of a way as I was. So I think there's definitely a difference between disordered eating and eating disorder. And I definitely had an eating disorder, but I think those little signs of disordered eating are literally everywhere. So that was a long answer to like definitely my sophomore year in college and my heart goes out to everyone who's in college. It's, it's tough for sure. Yeah, I when you made a post, like an Instagram post about um, kind of like the freshman fifteen and kind of the dangers of putting that out there and like because you feel that pressure of like okay, I don't want to do that. That I mean, that's how I was. So like to yeah. see that, I was like, okay, I'm not yeah. alone. Um, I did not eat my first semester college like at all um and yeah it's so normalized that like that's an okay thing in college because it's just what you have to do and it's like no (laughs) 
that shouldn't be um and so like see I think you putting that out there on social media and like obviously talking about it is really good to see because it's like okay these aren't normal things but you're not alone in feeling this way and here's kind of how to avoid that if that makes sense yeah and I love that you said that so I actually ended up taking that reel down because someone had messaged me like a younger person about how it was kind of triggering and that's one thing I've never wanted my page to be is triggering and so it's really interesting though that you mentioned that because like so much of what I want to do is bridge the gap between people who are struggling with eating disorders and people who are on the fringe and are exhibiting disordered behaviors but haven't like fallen into disordered eating eating disorders yet and so I don't know that's really encouraging to me of like obviously being cognizant of like triggers obviously the eating disorder community it's really easy to trigger someone so it's kind of hard to navigate sometimes but yeah thanks for that encouragement because that's definitely been something on my heart yeah and I I mean I think you do a great job of like you said like bridging the gap and being very like you know just working towards helping everyone and like obviously like you took it down because you knew it was triggering to somebody and to I feel like a lot of people wouldn't um and so applaud to you (laughs) (laughs) oh thank you well it is a glow with Tori like I don't pretend to like have everything figured out like Luckily, people are, like, growing as I grow, so I'm always, like, open to hearing what people have to say and, like, using their reinforcement to kind of, you know, navigate this journey together, because it's all messy, you know, like, eating disorders are messy, food and body conversations are messy, and, like, it's a disservice to all of us if we don't just embrace that messiness and, like, recognize none of us are going to be perfect in this journey, like, we're all just kind of learning. And I think that's the best part, because I feel like a lot of people are, like, okay, I, like, they put on a front, like, they have their act together, and, like, oh, I went through this, and now everything's fine, it's, like, oh, no, no one's just perfect once they are working through something, so. I completely agree. Um, my next question are, what are some signs to look out for of an eating disorder, like, either in yourself or in someone you know? Yeah, so, and I do want to recognize here, my eating disorder is very restrictive. So I can speak a lot to, um, like, more of the anorexia was Mm -hmm. what what I was personally diagnosed with. So something like ARFID, binge eating, like, that might look very differently. Um, But I can say, like, personally for me, what I would – I'll start first with, like, what I would look out for in in and of yourself. Anything with, like – body comparison where you're really feeling the weight of like social media and you know being a woman especially in today's society like I think a lot of us are very aware of our bodies but there's a difference between aware and being extremely hard on yourself and extremely negative every time you look in the mirror like that would be more body dysmorphic stuff so I would definitely be aware of just how you're interacting with your body and viewing it some other things are just like honestly like skipping meals like noticing that you're if you're drinking like you're skipping dinner before you go out to drink or like using water as a way to not eat using coffee as a way to not eat um being really obsessive over like food rules of just like having any foods off limits because you're genuinely scared of them is like never a good thing (laughs) um 
And I think a lot of times too, like with orthorexia, which is very focused on healthy eating, like our culture is so focused on healthy eating that a lot of times we don't see that those things can also be very disordered. So if you're like genuinely scared of something because you think it's unhealthy, it's just a lot healthier to eat the food. (laughs) Um, And so I think those are like some of the signs that I would notice like in and of myself, I think in other people, uh, if people like often like don't want to grab meals because they like, or they want to grab coffee instead, um, if you notice your friends being really critical about their body or even being critical about other people's bodies, like a lot of times people project their insecurities onto others. Yeah. Um, and another thing too, I would say, like, if you notice every time you go out and hang out with your friend, if they're like not eating a lot, that's a pretty like obvious sign. And, and, you know, sometimes intuitive eating, you're not going to be hungry a lot at every meal, but if it's a pattern, I would just kind of notice these patterns and it's not that you have to like, you know, stop your friends, but just kind of being aware of like the rhetoric that they're talking about and kind of like their behaviors as well that look like red flags. Um, I know for me, like people around me definitely encouraged me to get help when I was exercising to an absolute extreme. Um, and when I was eating clearly like bare minimum at every meal compared to other people. So I think those are the two big flashing warning signs. If someone is like, cannot take a day away from the gym or if someone is like noticeably eating an extremely little amount, it just, doesn't make sense for a human being to be consuming. Those are like two huge things. Um, so yeah, that's what I would say. <laughs> that was a long one. There's so many things I could say. Like, this is such a good question, but like, those are some of the things that came to mind. Yeah. Um, and I love your series of like eating fear foods. I think oh, that's, I think that's <laughs> so cool. And like, I love that you ask your followers, like, what some of theirs are, and that you show yourself eating them, and kind of, like, as encouragement to them to, like, try it, and to, like, yeah, it's called growatory, it's, like, people are literally growing with you, and seeing you grow encourages them to grow, and I think that's so cool. Yeah, I try to get people involved as much as I can, because, like, at first, I definitely started the account for more of accountability, but as I saw myself recovering, it truly became something that I wanted to do with people. And mm-hmm. so when people would DM me saying, like, I'm struggling with XYZ food, like, it really gave me encouragement of, like, hey, this is a good challenge for me, but, like, we're actually doing this together. Like, we're not alone. We're recovering together. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and so you talked a little bit about it, um, but can you just to kind of explain what eating disorder you had and, like, all that that entails? Because I feel like people have an idea of what that means in their head, but it's not always what it yeah. actually is. Yeah, and I definitely, I mean, before I get into specifics, I do want to give, like, trigger warning. So if anyone's, like, triggered by any anything specific with, like, anorexia, I would definitely not listen. But um, I would say it's really interesting, you know, because eating disorders are really complex. They might start as one thing and they might work into another. So when I started having my eating disorder, I had it for six years. It began as just restriction. You know, I would cut out carbs. I would cut out fats. I would only allow myself to have X amount of calories a day. I would make sure that 
I would get meals. I, I even had like a rule for myself of like how many food products I could actually consume in a day. And if I went over like four things that I ate that day, like I couldn't eat anymore. So just these little rules that honestly aren't rational, but your brain tells you that you need to follow. And as I continue to lose more and more weight, like I thought that I was going to be happy because I would at some point reach some goal weight. But the issue with the, the eating disorder is it's never going to be satisfied. It doesn't care what weight you get to. It's going to continue to find ways to latch on and to get you to continue to spiral. And so while it started off extremely restrictive, then it was like, hey, what can we do next? Let's obsess over exercise. So I got to the point where I was exercising basically with no food multiple hours a day. Um, when I was, I would feel extremely guilty for sitting down, for resting, for taking a day off the gym. I rarely would take days off. Um, and honestly, that cycle kind of continued for probably a good two or three years with my eating disorder. But I think my body finally got to the point by, yeah, three years in, probably when I was 22, of like, it needed food. Like, I just got to that point of like, I was starving. And so for me, that put me into the binge purge cycle. Um, so it kind of transitioned from anorexia to a specific subtype of anorexia, which is called binge purge subtype. Um, a lot of people confuse bulimia or binge eating disorder with this specific subtype of anorexia, but it's actually its own thing. Um, and it's caused after a really long period of restriction. Your body just has to, it experiences these binges and then I would feel guilty about binging. And so I would purge mm -hmm. and that's honestly kind of where my eating disorder stopped in the past three years. Um, and you know, <laughs> it was honestly the most miserable six years of my life, but I can honestly say it got worse every single year, every single day, every single month. Like it never got better. I think I was like, the abs and throughout all of this, like my eating disorder still told me like, it's not good enough. You're not good enough. Like that self-critical inner voice. that's just like, it's still not, you're still not where you need to be. And by this time I'd lost, you know, 25, 30 pounds mm -hmm. and it's still telling me like, you're not where you need to be. Um, and so that's kind of just all the, the bad pieces of my eating disorder. Well, there was honestly no good pieces, but that's kind of the progression of my eating disorder. And, and, you know, five months ago, it finally got to the point of, I was just having, like, I was not okay mentally. By this point, I had hypothyroidism, heart issues, um, horribly disgusting, but like rotting teeth. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it degrades your teeth. Like all, all these different issues, like no period. I lost my period for several years. And so, Sorry, I know I'm like rambling at this point, but I just think my hard hit message to people is like, if you can, don't even start down this path because it's a long and really difficult path to get out of. Um, and I'm so grateful, honestly, that I finally just had a mental breakdown and was like, this is enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I know that was a really long answer. <laughs> it's a, it was a really long eating disorder. <laughs> I know. I like the long answers because I feel like these are such questions where there is, like, so much to be said within them. And I'm really glad you actually mentioned the, like, binge purge, like, sub um, category, I guess. Because um, I yeah. do think, I mean, for me personally, that that's kind of where I lie is more the, like, binge purge. And 
I mean, I've mistaken it for bulimia and binge eating disorder and everything like that. So, like, to know that it's more, that it it's, like, a subcategory, I guess, of anorexia is really interesting yeah. to me to know. And then I feel like it's going to be really helpful for other people who are actually trying to, like, because I feel like if you feel that you are one way and you're trying to, like, get help for that, you're going to be looking down the wrong way of getting help. Um, yeah, exactly. And, so, and like... Uh, sorry, but this just reminded me too, like for anyone listening, like if you are struggling with binging and it's happening after a really long period of restriction, you have to consider the fact your body is in an extreme deficit, like tens of thousands of hundreds of thousands of calories of a deficit. And it's going to want to binge until you break that restrict cycle and get to a more nourished space. So that's why I say like my extreme hunger stopped when I got to a nourished face like with my weight thank you so much for sharing that I think it's it can really help a lot of people um and so my next question is did you get any like treatment I guess for it like any help um psychologically or like like through doctors or anything like that yeah so I definitely started out about a year and a half ago I did outpatient and I kind of knew when I started treatment, I needed something a little more intense than outpatient. So outpatient is a therapist once a week and a dietitian once a week or like every other week. And I, I think with outpatient, unfortunately for me, especially because it was all virtual, it was really easy for me to just hang on halfway to my eating disorder and halfway into recovery. So I kind of knew the lingo of recovery. I knew like, you know, all bodies are good bodies. You, It's worth it. Like, all those, like, mantras that people say, I knew it, but I didn't actually fully believe it. I kind of wanted recovery, but I didn't want the weight gain. Um, a lot of people call that, like, quasi-recovery, and I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. But as I mentioned a little earlier, honestly, five months ago, I just had a mental breakdown. I was like, I don't want to. I mean, honestly, I just didn't want to keep living. I was miserable. Like, I was absolutely miserable. I was truly, like, the smallest I'd ever been, getting so many compliments about, like, my body and my weight, and yet I felt extremely unfulfilled and extremely miserable basically every single day. Yeah. Um, and so I talked to my mom. We found a place in Kansas. It's called Bellator Recovery, and it's intensive outpatient. Um, and so I ended up going there for three months and basically it was three times a week. We had like three hours of groups eating together, um, like art therapy, yoga therapy. And then I also met with a specialized like therapist and dietitian on the side as well. So it was pretty, it was like basically 12 hours of intense stuff that I could do along with working because keeping my job was still really important to me. Mm -hmm. And so Honestly, Bellator completely, like, shout out to them. They completely changed my life. They, I love the way that they approach recovery because it's so encouraging and not punitive, which I think a lot of treatment can be punitive sometimes. Um, and so genuinely the best experience of my life, 100% worth it, and, like, completely changed everything about me. And I also don't want to forget, I also met with a psychiatrist during this time, got on a medication that was absolutely amazing i'm so pro medication if you need it a lot of people do and like that also helped me a lot so good um my next question is 
what people in well you kind of mentioned your mom um and that yeah. but what are some other people in your life that helped you and how did they help you oh this is such a good question okay yeah shout out my mom because she's my best friend um and she's just really really supportive and even like when it moved me in at kansas and, like helped me find a treatment place like yeah she was just doing her job as a mom honestly i would also like my best friend like i think if you can have someone your age to talk to about these things who can honestly like relate to a lot of the pressures that we experience and mm-hmm. like just being a woman and being this age like it's so helpful like my best friend Mimi was the person who told me all throughout my eating disorder you need help you need help and when I finally was like okay I need help she was there with me like 100% through like end to end her mom actually works in like addiction recovery and like helped me find places too so like yeah my second family the Marians are just like literally amazing and they helped me so much um and then also like my husband He's been absolutely amazing. I got married pretty young, and, like, he had to kind of see me wrestle with his eating disorder basically every day. Um, And so, you know, there was a lot of learning that had to come from him because he didn't really get it at first, which, like, I don't know a lot of guys at his age who do get it, or honestly a lot of men in general who sometimes (laughs) get it. Um, But, yeah, kudos to him for just kind of, like, growing with me. And then I can't forget Ben because, honestly – He's my emotional support dog. He's, like, the absolute best. Just, I think I became his emotional support human because he also gets anxiety. But, like, <laughs> he's, like, we're, like, two peas in a pod. He goes everywhere with me. So. Aww, that's so sweet. I love yeah. We love dogs so much. We just got two puppies. And I, they're, well, technically they're, like, my parents' puppies. And I, I'm probably going to, like, move out somewhat soon because um, I'm 19. But I'm like, oh I want to take them with me. Like, can I just have them? Can they be mine forever, not yours? Oh, my God. But, yeah, so I dogs are amazing. And, I like, I love how, like, they can help people in so many oh ways. Oh, my God, yeah. I, it's, it's so amazing to see when. Oh, I agree. Um, and also, you're 19. You're a baby. You have your whole life ahead of you. Like, this is so cool. You're even, like, doing a podcast at 19. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, What do you wish people knew about eating disorders? Like, I know you oh mentioned gosh. a lot about how, like, men specifically, like, don't know a lot or understand, like, kind of the pressure that women are under, especially at this age. And so, can you just talk about that a little bit? Yeah. And there's so many things. I'll try to limit it because I feel like I talk a lot. But I think one of the things I would say is, like, eating disorders don't have a look. So despite, you know, what someone might look like, they could be struggling with any type of eating disorder. For example, anorexia doesn't look like just small bodies. Like, there are people in larger bodies who are experiencing anorexia. And in my opinion, they should not be called atypical anorexics. Like, it's... Sorry, I'm, like, around people. <laughs> um, but, like, atypical anorexia shouldn't even be a thing. The, the mental disorder in and of itself is, like, your experience is valid, despite what shape or size you are. Um, with that, too, like, I do want to say people of all genders, people of all races. I know I threw out men. Men can 100% experience eating disorders, yeah. and I'm sure yeah. so many men understand, like, the pressures that, that come from them as well. But, you know, it's... 
they don't discriminate. Like it's it's men, it's women, um, it's you know people of all different races. And so I just want people to know, like there is you can't tell if someone has an eating disorder by looking at them. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think another thing I would say is like. Just because something is normalized doesn't mean it's normal. So just because all of your friends are doing something and because other people around you are like restricting or over-exercising or dieting, that doesn't mean it's normal and it doesn't mean that you have to do that too. I always say the comparison is the thief of joy and that's like continue to be something I remind myself of during recovery because if you're constantly looking at what other people are doing, and not like keeping in tune with what's best for yourself it's so easy to fall into the trap of eating disorders and disordered eating because you're gonna say why don't i look like her why don't why is my body not shaped like that person He was like having a fit. Thanks for bearing with me. Okay, this is like a lot better. Um, But yeah, basically what I was saying is like definitely eating disorders like don't have a look and also like anyone can experience them and there's so many different things that can cause them and and comparison is also the thief of joy. I said a bunch of different things but hopefully I like explained it well. Oh yeah, 100%. I I think... It was probably a while ago, and I might have deleted it by now just because I did, like, a whole rebrand for my podcast. But I know I posted a while ago, pretty much exactly what you said, of Comparisons the Thief of Joy. And had, like, a little, yeah. not, like, I guess blog post, but, like, in the the caption of an Instagram post. Um, so oh, I'm, I love that. I totally agree with that. Like, comparison, it does, like, because you're just you're just looking at someone else and thinking how much better they have it than you. Or even if you're thinking that you have it better than them, that's also yeah. just I as agree. Bad. And, like, even if I can shout out some, like, things that are normalized that just, like, are not normal is, like, 100% skipping meals in college. Like, I've said mm-hmm. the drinking coffee is a meal. Like, that is such BS that, like, literally everyone does. The endless scrolling on social media where you're, like, comparing your body to other people who most of the time are, like, using editing apps anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, And just, like, I don't know, like, partaking in this rhetoric of, like, you have to be a certain size to be worthy. I think as women, we believe the smallest body is our best body. And my smallest body, I'm telling you, had heart issues, thyroid issues, no period like completely infertile was basically dying like my heart like my heart rate got down to like 38 that's not normal like small bodies aren't the best bodies and so I just want people to know that like your smallest self is not your best self I promise people will love you regardless and your healthiest self is a hundred percent the best version of you like I'm so much happier and way less moody (laughs) being healthier (laughs) so that was a rant, but I wanted to, like, it's, drive that home. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so true. I think there's so much that's normalized in today's society that's just not... It shouldn't be, because it's not normal. Yes, I agree. Um, so, what can people do to be most helpful to you in recovery? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, 
I have my dog here too, so he's oh. drawing attention. <laughs> here, thank you, Monica. Okay, there we go. Aww, Look, we're just so getting. Cute. Hopefully, you can edit this because I'm like, we've got a bunch of messiness. Um, I think honestly, supporting people in recovery, it's a, a lot of just listening at first. Like, I call this page grow with Tori, and like for sure, it's it's people in recovery who are going, but it's also people around them who are supporting them, who are trying to learn more about eating disorders trying to understand like what the people in their lives need I would say always listen first and then ask what the person needs from you second Mm -hmm. so for example like whenever I talk to my husband we now have conversations where he knows like going into the conversation I'll tell him like I need to vent or I need advice so like for people in recovery tell people around you like what you need tell them if you need advice tell them if you need a shoulder to cry on Or tell them if you just want them to listen, you know? So I think there is some responsibility of people going through recovery to tell people what they need. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. Nice. I think that, I mean, then that's why I'm making this is so that, like, people can know how to help and, and so that people who are needing help know how to communicate that. And so, like you said, either listen, like, asking someone to either listen or give advice and that kind of thing. So... That's awesome. Um, let's see. What would you say to the girl with an eating, who's stuck in the middle of the cycle of an eating disorder? Um, yeah. That's a good question. I or think, guy. Girl or guy, I guess. <laughs> yeah, girl, girl or guy, yeah. yeah. I will say I talk a lot about girls because, like, I've seen, like, 95 percent of my audience is girl so i'm like it's usually and you're a girl so it's a little it's also like you know you kind of you talk to the person that like you understand best right so it's like Yeah. yeah honestly i think i would tell the girl and this is just really like i don't know this is advice i would have told myself like don't wait until tomorrow Like, and what I mean by that is, like, don't wait until tomorrow to get help. Don't wait until tomorrow to maybe feel better the next day. This isn't a mood. You know, this isn't something you're going to get over tomorrow. This is something you need help with today. Like, if you have an eating disorder, you need help. It's a mental illness. It's not something that you can just get through by yourself. You know, whether that be doing something outpatient or having support from family and friends, or maybe you need something more intensive that is inpatient and like all those kind of paths are valid but like you need it today because Mm -hmm. tomorrow always turns into the next day and the next day and the next day and then six years later you're like oh I should have gotten you know treatment when I was 19 and first of all my eating disorder so just don't wait until tomorrow (laughs) yeah that's that's so good because I think like that I mean that goes for a lot of different things people always push oh well, I'll just start tomorrow or I'll do it tomorrow and then it yeah it gets pushed and it gets pushed and it gets pushed until it never happens exactly. is there anything else that you would like to add um that's a good question I think, honestly, just for anyone who's struggling right now and who's, like, in the depths of recovery and trying so hard every day, like, full-on just trying and things don't feel good right now, I always say feelings aren't true. So, first of all, like, 
analyze your feelings. Just because you're feeling guilty or you're feeling bad about yourself doesn't mean you should be feeling guilty or bad about yourself. You're amazing for choosing recovery and you're amazing for getting up and doing it every single day, day in and day out. Mm-hmm. Um, and also to those people, I would say it does get better. I literally never thought it could. Like I kid you not, was struggling every day so badly for five, six years. And I never thought I would be here feeling happy and more like myself. And in the biggest body I've been in since I started my eating disorder, and yet I'm the happiest. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think all of that. And also third thing, making is not as scary as your eating disorder makes it seem. Like I am so much happier once I got to a healthy place. And you won't gain weight forever. Like your body knows exactly where it needs to be. And like, build that trust, build that trust with your body, mm-hmm. you know, because, <laughs> because it's really worth it. Like, I think it's so cheesy, but recovery is a hundred percent worth it. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing. I think it's going to really speak to people. Um, I know it's spoken to me, so, you know, and this is, and your whole page, um, I'll definitely put like your Instagram and everything in the little description of the podcast, because I think people really need to check you out. I, I remember when I found your page, I had like scrolled for so long, just looking at everything, because I think you, you made, you make some really, really great content on there. Um, and so I'm so happy we finally got to do this. Um, I love I'm talking sure. to you. No, me too. And thank you so much for having me. Sorry, it was yeah. like, I feel like I rambled a lot and screaming half the time. But yeah. hopefully it's like, I have so many cars in the background and like my dog was just like stressing out. But <laughs> hopefully good. it all worked out well. Yeah, and thank you so much for having me, Lizzie. Again, like you're absolutely amazing for doing this. I think it's so cool, like that you're just spreading awareness like this. Like I love it when young people use their platforms for good and like, Kudos to you. Thank you. And right back at you. Thank you guys so much for listening to this uh, week's episode. I had so much fun getting to talk to Tori. She's such an amazing girl. And I'm sure that you were able to see that. Definitely go check out her Instagram because she makes so much good content. Um, It's so interesting, informative, and important. So definitely go check her out. And I'm super excited for the next uh, episodes that I get to be making for you guys. I really want to grow this podcast. So make sure you share it with friends and family. And have a great rest of your guys' week. And God bless.